Hello everyone, how are you? Welcome to the As I Daydream podcast. Happy hump day to everyone. And happy belated Mother's Day to all the mothers and mother figures out there. Hope everyone had a good time. This is the debut episode, so I just wanted to quickly go over some popular subjects, pressing issues. And I think that would be a great way to begin with misinformation. So, as you guys know, we are currently dealing with a pandemic. And naturally, because this is a situation that most of us have not dealt with in our lifetimes, there's a lot of paranoia, there's a lot of theory, conspiracy theories, and just confusion as to what is going on. And I think now is a good time to have a real conversation about misinformation. How do we know that what we're being told is the truth? I don't want to give an exact reference, but, you know, there's this documentary that's going around that has a lot of people suspicious and curious and questioning everything. We've probably all heard about the 5G conspiracy theories and... uh, just you have a lot of people trying to speculate what's going on and naturally because these issues cause a lot of fear and panic and you know we already saw like how people acted the shoplifting and the hoarding and the fighting over you know resources we uh large platforms are doing what they can to try to curb the amount of, you know, baseless theories that are out there. Unfortunately, like with YouTube and Facebook and all these other large platforms, they're already not trusted. Any large institution isn't going to be trusted. So when they begin censoring these conspiracy theories, no matter how baseless they are, people will automatically associate the fact that it was censored with whatever the claims are being true. Like, they'll look at the censorship as a form of validation. Oh, well, if it was malarkey, then why, why, why not keep it up? No one would believe it anyway. Like, what's the big deal? They must be hiding something from us, and something in that documentary or in those posts or whatever the case may be must be true, otherwise they'd have no issue with us having access to it. And so it's a catch-22. We want to help, you know, make sure that whatever's out there isn't just false information that's going to cause unnecessary panic, but at the same time, in trying to, you know, cut down on the amount of stuff, like just baseless, erroneous claims out there, it kind of, in a sense, vindicates, in in the eyes of many naive people or, or just people who don't know how to conduct, you know, adequate research, they will view that as evidence. So I think a good way to combat, to combat um, misinformation would just be to teach people or encourage, I don't think people need to be taught, but more so encouraged 
to ask questions and ask uh, what are your sources and research those sources research you know the people who are making these documentaries if you find that they're incredibly biased and they have more you know baseless theories like that could certainly be something to take into consideration you can also you know um look for peer-reviewed research figure out like what qualifications certain people have if they're putting out this information i think it's just important to question and yes you know we're all going to be a bit skeptical about certain things and and not because something is considered uh viable that means we can't question it but i do think that if you go from automatically disbelieving everything that's out there except for the facebook meme or the youtube conspiracy i mean is that really free thinking to me it just sounds like it's one you're swapping one uh form of just non-questioning automatic believing for another and if anything you're swapping it for another source that has even less evidence so it's you know just uh <laughs> question things learn how to do your own research research your sources before you spread information and before you believe information i think we could cut down on a lot of unnecessary panic if we were to all do that so i think that wraps up that segment i do want to segue into while we're on the topic of the internet and the information that's out there takashi 69 is out here like he went live for the first time live on instagram for the first time since being released from prison and he actually broke records because a record two million people decided to tune in to listen to what he had to say regarding his prison sentence and mainly why he decided to cooperate because within hip-hop culture of course that is considered a taboo still you know to be an informant and i think a lot of people mistake understanding why he did it and and even having the position that they would do the same thing with him being innocent or him being justified in the actions that he took i want to make it clear i am not i'm not one of these internet gangsters i'm never going to pretend that i am above cooperating to save my to, to lighten my sense if, if i'm facing 47 years i'm not it doesn't matter like the circumstances it doesn't matter who it's against like i'm not i'm not doing 47 years if i have the option to get a lighter sentence it's just not going to happen most people it's just not going to happen for so that's not even necessarily the issue at hand here it's more so the fact that all he did was focus on the negative things that fellow gang members did to him while not taking any accountability for his role and why he ended up in prison 
you didn't just slip and fall <laughs> into a prison cell or slip and fall into a gang like you made the conscious decision to associate yourself with this gang you were glamorizing it it's a huge part of your brand was claiming to be a blood well first he claimed when he first came out he was uh, claiming to be a crip and then he started hanging with bloods and then he claimed to be a blood and he just started just making a joke i guess out of the whole situation and running around and committing crimes and that brings me to another point he was out here committing crimes like he had confessed to racketeering he was uh he was involved in a robbery that that ended up with one woman getting shot in her foot he was on camera calling hits on chief keith he called a hit on trippy red like you were doing a lot you were putting people's lives in danger on a consistent basis and that is part of why you ended up in prison is not just all on the rest of them you know and he didn't acknowledge that at all all he did was talk about well why should i stay loyal when they were sleeping with the mother of my child and they stole millions from me they kidnapped me robbed me beat me up th uh planned to kidnap my mother you know uh and and yes all of these things definitely <laughs> justify well no it they explain rather why many people would have made the decision that they made yes absolutely but that's not come on it, this guy could barely keep his mouth shut <laughs> for five he couldn't help it his whole brand was built off of being a provocator so what makes you think that even had they been loyal the entire time that you wouldn't have cooperated for a lighter sentence like come on had he just come on there and been honest and just said you know 47 years that's the bulk of my life i'm gonna miss my daughter growing up i'm gonna miss you know like my parents if they get sick or they pass away god forbid i, I won't be able to be there with them you know this is I, i'm gonna come out when i'm 69 because he was 22 at the time and that was a running joke is that if he gets to 47 years he'll come out when he's 69 and and of course like and imagine what the world will be like 47 years from now that adjustment as an older person first of all and then just in general you're coming you're going to come out to a totally different world so had he just been real about it and said you know i'm not going to sit here and allow people online to i guess uh pressure me into taking this sentence just to prove that i'm quote unquote real while they for the next 47 years of their lives they'll go on to fulfill their dreams pursue their career career goals start their own businesses get married have ch have children you know live their lives while i'm sitting here in a cell all in exchange for what them calling me real oh yeah well he he held it down he saw it at least he didn't tell he's not a snitch okay <laughs> that's not gonna help change the fact that most of his life would have been behind bars none of those people who would be saluting him on social media would send money 
you know, put, I mean, put money on his books or write him letters or just do anything. They'll call him real. They'll log off social media and they'll proceed to live the rest of their lives and enjoy their freedom. So had he just come on and just been like that and just kept it real, I don't think most people would have a problem because, again, most of us would have done the exact same thing. It's just that he really sat there and act, he acted like he didn't do anything wrong. He didn't participate. He was just this innocent bystander. And, you know, the gang members, they did everything as he watched, you know, in fear. And, and he, no, you were out here committing crimes, too. And I do think that this whole case, like, even the fact that he was only sentenced to two years, which he didn't even finish serving because he was let out early due to the coronavirus, it really says a lot about our justice system. Does crime really matter if my crimes could be pretty much forgiven and unaccounted for if I agree to cooperate because his testimony helped ensure that the other gang members were held accountable for their crimes because they're all doing you know double digits right now but he was right alongside them he you know was actively participating in the racketeering they were using his money to buy guns and you know the 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 gun laws in New York City are really strict so he was doing oh he was there with um when they were robbing the woman and she ended up getting shot in her foot and dealing with that trauma that she's still uh you know coping with she actually came out and said that she thinks that the two-year sentence is just like a joke because she's still dealing with the the consequences of what happened to her but he essentially is he got a slap on the wrist if if anything so you were doing all of this stuff right alongside these men but because you chose to be an informant unlike the rest of the guys suddenly your crimes don't matter anymore you see where I'm going? It's kind of like, does crime really matter? And I think a, a even better example, just to emphasize this, would be Sammy the Bull Gravano. This man confessed to murdering 19 people as a hitman in the mafia. And because he agreed to cooperate and his testimonies essentially led to uh, just the, the breakdown of many of the major crime families in New York, and many of the, the mafias, the mafia members, sorry, most namely John Gotti, he got 20 years. You murdered 19 people and you got 20 years. I mean, I don't like, I don't even have to really follow up with the point. It's just, is you know so it's kind of like does the crime truly matter if you're able to pretty much get a hard slap on the wrist for murdering 
19 people because you decided that you were going to help the investigators do their job and, you know, prosecute other people, it makes it clear that the priority is not the, the, the justice for the families. Because this guy's free right now. He got let out. He, he got put in um, witness protection out in Arizona. And then he went and got started some drug ring out there. And then he served another, um, I believe he served another like 19 years or so. And right now he's free. And so that just says a lot. It really does say that. It's not about, the, the system doesn't really care about justice. That's not the priority. Because in certain contexts, depending on how you choose to behave in the situation, if you help the investigators do their job, pretty much will turn a blind eye. We'll pretend that you weren't out here committing these crimes. So we'll just give you like, like, almost an incentive and and to me it just the more i i spell it out it's just the it is the more i realize like it just doesn't make any sense it doesn't make any sense this guy committed some, many of the same crimes like he was on camera robbing a bodega like at gunpoint so it's just like once again you're you're actively involved in the same crimes that Shadi and the rest of them were involved in, and somehow you just got two years and the rest are doing double digits, all because you decided to cooperate. You know, that's not, to me, that just says a lot about our quote unquote justice system. Uh, but anyway, I could really go on and on about this all day, but. I'm sure that's not what everyone tuned in for. Uh, Gooba, while he was on live, 6ix9ine promoted his new single, Gooba. Uh, my thoughts on the song, it's more of the same. You know, the, the yell, like the scream rap style, which there's a big market for, so I get it, that's the style. Um... Not so much in the way of lyricism, but that's not necessarily what he's known for anyway, so the beat was pretty good. That's what I will say. Like, the beat was good. The video was a bit too graphic for my taste, but that's what people like to see, so the video, I guess, for, is marketable. I'll say that. Definitely, I would say from a marketing standpoint, it was a good single to follow up with because... It was high energy. He's in the video pretty much just like, I'm back. You know, how y'all let a rat come home to a big bag? Like, he, he was um, laughing at everyone like, y'all are big mad. And he had the rat emoji on his, over his head. <laughs> like, pretty much just laughing at everyone like, I'm back. There's nothing, y'all y'all all counted me out. And I'm here to stay. I'm back like I never left. So from a marketing standpoint, I think it was brilliant. The the video actually ended up bro breaking some YouTube records. Like I think uh, yesterday when I checked it, it was 122 million views, and 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 at that point it had only been out for two days. 
So I think that other than Eminem's Kill Shot, it had the largest debut on YouTube, in, in YouTube history. So basically, the largest amount of views in one day. The first day it came out, it had actually crashed. Like, you saw more likes than views. Like, it just crashed the system pretty much. And, um, yeah, a lot of people were were anticipating his re- return. Can't take that away from him. And I think, and just to go off on another little philosophical note, I think part of the reason why a lot of younger men tend to gravitate to 6 9 so much is because I think that him just being like an, I guess, an unapologetic informant, for example, and him just doing whatever it takes to benefit him, I think a lot of people, it's forcing people to question the, I guess, the, the social norms that men are often expected to abide by. Like this idea that to be a real man in that situation, you were supposed to take a 47-year sentence under any circumstances. Even with the, the situation being that he and Shadi and, and other gang members weren't, you know, they weren't seeing eye to eye, let's just put it that way. He, you know, gave out the list of reasons. I think a lot of people are starting to think, like, is that the cool thing to do? Is it cool to, to, to sacrifice the bulk of your life? just to prove yourself to a bunch of people who don't know you and who aren't in your situation won't do anything to better your situation in exchange for what respect credibility what will that gain you in the long run because it's kind of like yeah a lot of people online are looking up more to like Shadi and Kuda B and the people who took their sentences and didn't break the code. But that doesn't change the fact that in reality, a decent portion of their life is now, I don't like saying wasted because there are people who do go to prison and they do improve their lives, they get degrees, they learn new trades, they are productive they get therapy medicine that they may have actually needed this whole time so I'm not ever gonna say a waste but let's just be honest like no one aspires well all right there are some people who think it's cool to go to jail still but most people especially people who have kids which uh, quite a few of those dudes I know shoddy for example he um, has children most people just don't want to go to prison and like spend their time in a in a in a cage. That's not ideal. So people are kind of looking at it like, well, who's the who's the the real dude now, or who's the cool dude now? Like, is it really cool for you to sit in jail just because you didn't want to cooperate? Is it really cool to take the fall? 
just to prove a point. And I think a lot of people, a lot, especially younger men, they really do find it endearing because it's kind of like, well, we don't have to live up to these like unrealistic standards and risk sacrifice so much just to prove that we're real men or we're tough guys. We have this role model, so to speak, who is pretty much not he's he's not going along with the facade of like the whole internet gangster studio gangster like he's being honest about the fact that i'm not taking time for anyone and i think a lot of people just they relate to that they identify with that but again as i'm saying even though many of us would have done the same thing i still just don't like the fact that he's not taking any accountability uh for the actual crimes that he committed right alongside all those men so anyway i think i and also just one last note on this like there's this funny meme going around which i think speaks to my point of pretty much like people will post a video uh i mean a picture of like i guess like you know nerdy or suburban guys or whatever and it'll be it'll be captioned like oh once a rat always a rat kind of to just prove the point like hey y'all who are going so hard about this like y'all are not about this life like you're claiming to be this when you're really not you know just to get attention online so once again it's kind of like the nerd is in the situation or the the uncool guy in the situation isn't the person who is condemning snitching which people originally would think it would be it's actually the guy that's you know just being fake about it like just pretending that (laughs) like not being realistic pretty much I hope I worded that correctly I don't think I did I think what I mean to say again is that the uncool guy in the situation is the guy who is fronting online basically like you're pretend you're you're talking about snitch this snitch that once a rat always a rat but you are not denying you're not accepting the fact that in real life you would have done the same thing so it's kind of flipping the narrative on its head like you're not cool if you're online condemning 6 9 for cooperating you're that you're not the cool guy <laughs> so anyway just to segue into another subject um regarding our justice system and I want to make this brief because it is a very sensitive subject but um Ahmad Arbery so he uh, most people know what happened I, I just really want to focus more on how do we react going forward you know Ahmad Arbery was spotted by two vigilantes or self-proclaimed vigilantes uh, inside of a 
constructed building like not constructed it was a building that was under construction basically it was empty there was nothing in there but i you know i guess he just walked in there and was looking around and then he left and because these quote-unquote vigilantes felt as though uh, that was evidence that he had been responsible for some burglaries that were happening around the time they literally hunted him down and they killed him. This happened back in February and they were both arrested in May. So it took several months for arrests to even be made. Um, had the video not been put out who knows if there would have even been any type of legal action uh i'm not going to be so quick to celebrate the arrest because unfortunately we've been here before uh we can't be too quick to celebrate because this doesn't guarantee justice it really doesn't um and so all i can hope for is that there's an actual conviction and that there won't be any parole like they'll actually whatever time they get they'll have to serve that time out i'm really hoping for that but again we've been on this ro roller coaster before we know the, what the possibilities are so i'm really just gonna be patient but i really wanted to address the video and the video circulating again in this context i understand that the video is very likely why people are investigating this to begin with because unfortunately because of our history in this country like the justice system not always being so quick to take matters like this seriously i do think that had no one recorded it and no one put it out and therefore there's no pressure like we're okay because we now now we look bad if we don't do anything right if there wasn't this pressure there would probably not be any action taken but i think at the same time we have to be real about what this imagery really does in the long run um it doesn't work to stop things like this from happening because once again people are still betting themselves backwards trying to justify what happened oh uh well why was he in this house uh that was being on that was under construction well like he had no business being there um why didn't he just comply with the orders they were trying to have a citizen's arrest that he just cooperated then he would have still been here you know there there's always going to be that unfortunately and so the videos the pictures the imagery that doesn't help humanize the communities that face this type of violence it just doesn't but what it does do is it caught it invokes a lot of fear and anger and paranoia and you know simultaneously it serves as fodder for people who are radical and who are you know 
who have racist ideologies or are just hateful in general you know because if if the graphic imagery were to work we would have stopped at Emmett Till we would have stopped at you know the the many the thousands of lynching victims in this country we would have stopped at Eric Garner in in his video fighting for his life John Crawford Tamir Rice the list goes on and on and on we've seen so many videos so many images of this type of violence and all the public does is find reasons to I guess justify what happened but the people who already humanize these individuals they're left traumatized and all these news outlets who don't care about anything you know because if it bleeds it leads they get to cash in big i'll never forget when the eric garner situation was mainstream news how news stations would literally have the the choke on like loop it would be a video looping in the background as they're discussing the situation like it was just handled so carelessly and again like that just it provides fodder and the material that hateful people enjoy seeing and it traumatizes people who are you know not racist or or people from communities that that have to worry about this type of violence so i do think that going forward there should just be more strategies on on how to seek justice even without videos without pictures because it just doesn't seem to be working and all it does it it, it just uh de- i don't know if it in a sense it's just like it either desensitizes people who just don't care and they'll find an excuse to justify it or it it, it excites or inspires hateful people you know So, yeah, I just wanted to briefly touch on that. On to lighter subjects, because that was hard to talk about, but on to lighter subjects. I did want to briefly discuss a few social media hot topics that were being discussed over the weekend. So one was Adele. She had recently uploaded some pictures. It was the first like time we had seen her in a little while. We had known that she was going through her divorce. But, um, yeah, you know, Adele is just that type of artist where she's not... She her, The music speaks for itself. She doesn't need to constantly be in front of the camera. Like, she'll give us an album, and then she'll be a mom and a wife. Well, this time, a mom and you know, work on her next album in the meantime, and we'll wait because she's a great artist. So we saw her, we were all excited, and that was mainly because she looked different. She lost a significant amount of weight, and people were really excited about that. She had gained a couple million followers. I think she gained around two million followers, this number two million, and it did spark an interesting discussion on social media about fat phobia. And should we 
as people, should we instantly celebrate weight loss if the individual who has lost the weight hadn't made it clear that that was a goal of theirs, basically? So, and, and the reasons why we're actually quite interested and informative, weight loss could be some a sign of you getting healthier but it could also be a sign of you being less healthy it could be depression it could be you know drug abuse there's so many things that can cause weight loss not attributing this to Adele but just saying in general and I saw some people commenting about how um, they were dealing with certain diseases or they were dealing with um, depression and when they'd go out everyone would just instantly rush to celebrate oh my you lost so much weight you look so good meanwhile they don't feel very good they're not very healthy you know and how harmful that could be essentially it'll cause people to not try to support someone who might be uh seeking help and i thought that that was actually really insightful and i thought Of course, you know, on social media, because there are people who do uh, use social, uh, I guess, social issues to mask their own insecurities or maybe just to drag and harass people, which I will get into later. Um, People just instantly dismiss this, but I do think that there were some good points made. Now, in Adele's context, I do think that she appeared very happy. Is it possible that she lost weight due to stress of going through a divorce? Sure, but in the pictures that we saw of her, she looked incredibly happy. She was wearing, like, you know, shorter dresses and what we're used to seeing. And so she just, you know, seems like her hair was done. Like, she just seemed like she was coming into her own. And she looked really happy, really beautiful. She always looked beautiful, regardless of what size she was. And I think that that is part of why we celebrated uh her weight loss and again it's not easy to lose a lot of weight it really isn't and so i think that that is in general a people were so quick to celebrate um adele's weight loss but still a, a food for thought definitely going forward i will take that into account and i will unless someone explicitly implies says or or has like some sort of non-verbal cue that implies that this was a goal of theirs like I won't be so quick to celebrate because you never know why someone may be losing weight it's not automatically always a goal it's not automatically always an indicator of health so I think that's a decent point to think about now on to social issues that I think went a bit too far over the weekend uh tyra banks was trending because uh people were critiquing a lot of the things that she had said and did on america's next top model and what prompted the conversation was a post on instagram from slick woods who's a model uh, she models for savage by fenty Uh, She also modeled in a couple of others. I think she was also modeling in um, Rihanna's collection with Puma. Like, she's just, she's a model, but that is what she is 
mostly known for it is her work with Rihanna. And she was in the post she discussed she discusses how uh, Tyra isn't someone who she considers a door opener, pretty much. She doesn't feel she she always looked at America's Next Top Model and the makeovers that would take place on the show as Tyra encouraging younger women to change their own image. And being that she herself, you know, she has a gap and she is very unique looking, she, I guess, she, uh, she felt some type of way about that, I guess. Being someone who aspired to model, but probably was told that she's not conventionally beautiful and therefore it's just not going to happen. I'm, I'm guessing that she probably did look at things like this, like the AT, the ANTM makeovers and felt like no like young girls shouldn't have to change their own image this is damaging and it led to a pretty interesting conversation about some of the things that she said in the past and a lot of people again like many conversations surrounding any type of social issue on social media people did instantly dismiss it by saying it's old, what's the point of bringing up the past? I personally don't think there's anything wrong with having a discussion about what we consume, what we consumed when we were growing up, because that's how we we grow and we learn. Things that we might not have understood when we were younger, we grow older and, and we develop new perspectives. I don't think that there's anything wrong at all with looking back and, and reviewing the things that we watched. Where I took issue is that very quickly, this, it became clear that uh, people were using this topic, which was a great opportunity for discussion, and they were using it pretty much to... Uh, express their vendetta against Tyra. It became very obvious. And we, what I mean by that was that the conversation, the conversation morphed into comparisons to Naomi Campbell that were completely uncalled for, unnecessary. Um, you know, I saw a couple tweets that were saying, oh, um, growing up is realizing that Naomi uh, was the good one all along, or that Tyra was the villain, or, um, you know, Naomi warned us about Tyra, which I thought, I thought that, that in particular annoyed me, because I felt like, in real life, you're, you're putting words into Naomi's mouth, literally, like, you prefer Naomi as a model, and that's fine, but you are, in a sense, like, you're invoking Naomi as the proxies of good to stand with you against the proxies of evil, which in this case is Tyra. When in reality, Naomi went on the Tyra Banks show, the talk show that she used to have in, back in the day, and she talked about how she liked the show and how the show inspired her. 
to one day maybe have her own show where she could help up-and-coming models, which she eventually did with Project Runway. So not only did Naomi Campbell in real life watch the show and see all the same problematic things that we saw, but she was a fan and she was inspired. So why are you now ignoring that like you're blatantly ignoring that to suit your own personal narrative of like Naomi warned us about her all along when <laughs> like they went she went on the tire bank show and told her that she was a fan of America's Next Top Model so at what point did she quote-unquote warn us like no you're living vicariously through Naomi you want there to be this feud between Naomi because you don't like between Naomi and Tyra because you don't like Tyra and you like Naomi that's all that is that is and I feel like that is just so corny it's so high school I'm I'm really bored I'm just bored of mean girls trying to like co-opt real social issues and 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 like pretty much harass people and bully people under the guise of cultural analysis that's not what that was and then if that wasn't bad enough there was all of this like well Tyra wasn't even a real supermodel you know Naomi was the supermodeler and and again why I don't like that is because once again if if we really want to be socially conscious in this case I think I, I can't help but wonder how the thought of how damaging it is to undermine a black woman's accomplishments in a field where there's not a lot of representation of black women, the fashion industry, the modeling industry, right? Like if you ask the average person to name five black models, not even supermodels, just models, most will be able to give you Naomi, Tyra, maybe Iman, maybe Iman. And that's in 2020. And so for quote unquote socially conscious people to be on a public platform, downplaying and undermining the impact that Tyra Banks had in an industry that is historically and still is not very diverse it to me is just like how if if you truly were concerned and were critiquing Tyra based on wanting to hold her accountable and wanting her to do better I find it hard that you would completely miss how your choice to undermine her impact is also in a sense problematic it is you don't have to like her as a model but to deny that she worked her way to the top in an industry where many women regardless of race struggle to be recognized and she is a household name she has several brands that had been successful outside of of her own modeling career for you to pretty much discard all of that because she doesn't fit the standards of supermodel the way that Naomi does. And the fact that Naomi was constantly being brought up as comparison to me emphasizes why we shouldn't do that. 
y'all can only name Naomi as the black supermodel, like, as if she's the only one. And that just says a lot. How many black women in this industry become household names? It doesn't happen often enough for people to be unnecessarily pitting them against each other and unnecessarily undermining their impact and their accomplishments. It's just not necessary. It was mean-spirited and it had nothing to do with the critique. What does Tyra not being a supermodel have anything to do with her wearing a fat suit or 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 her um you know making comments towards one contestant's gap and how the gap isn't marketable how does that even you know what what does that have to do with anything that was a personal attack y'all didn't like tyra and y'all wanted to wait until an opportunity to drag her and that's my thing if you don't like someone, like, you could have easily started that conversation. Uh, is it just me or do I find that Tyra's just, I, I, I don't know if she's really uh, as legendary as people let off. I don't know if her career is as prolific as what people let off. And that could have been a conversation. But because no one wants to just be real, no one wants to be called a hater, like, they want to have, like, all of the catharsis that you gain from dragging and tearing people down, but none of the backlash. No one kept it real. It's like, oh, we're doing this for social issues. That's why it's important to list that Tyra Banks isn't a real supermodel, because that's critical analysis, Right? It's important to compare uh, Tyra Banks to Naomi Campbell because it's cultural analysis. It's discussing social issues, right? <laughs> like, there's just a, a really an ongoing trend for the past few years of people uh, just bullying other people and just dragging or talking crap about other people under the guise of advocating for a cause and it's so obvious because it's like again if the priority was having a discussion about the problematic things that she did and said that would have remained the focal point of the discussion it did not it very quickly became unnecessarily you know pitting women against each other unnecessarily denying the impact that this woman had on on her career in her career and just on other people even before america's next top model you know how many other black supermodels became as popular as she did again even before her branching out and expanding her brand so you completely throw that away because that was the goal all along. The social issues are just a detour. You stopped, you know, you discuss it for a little, and then you focus right back on the original plan, which is, you know, let's drag Tyra today. I'm sick of her getting praised. She doesn't deserve it. 
And rather than just coming out and saying it with their chest, like, I don't think she's worthy of all the hype, you have to pretend that you care about the fact that she had said something about a woman's gap and she had, you know, wore the fat suit. As if to say part of why Tyra Banks wasn't considered, I'm, I'm sorry, isn't considered a supermodel and wasn't at the time, wasn't because of her weight. You know what I'm saying? The fact that she was curvy and that she wasn't slender. So you play into the same system and you use it against her. You use it against her that because she is a certain size that is not considered waif in this industry, that she was not considered a supermodel, among other reasons. But still, you know, because of the brands that she posed for, like she was more so modeling for Sports Illustrated and Victoria's Secret as opposed to um, you know, more of the luxury brands, but another part, like, we can't deny that part of the reason why Tyra didn't make, like, supermodel status is because of her weight, the fact that she was so curvy, and you, you claim to be so, like, into critical analysis, but y'all somehow miss that? How did you miss that? You know what I mean? So you celebrate the fact that she was left out of that system and that title and what it takes to be regarded as a supermodel in that industry, in part due to her weight, while dragging her because of her fat suit. This is exactly why I say, (laughs) this is exactly why I say, like, a lot of these folks, like, they don't read, they don't, it's not about having real discussions or debates or learning it's really just about being mean girls on social media so yeah uh if you find let's let's start self-reflecting right like if you find that in these conversations you tend to veer off and participate in personal attacks and ad hominem insults you know, then maybe you should do some self-reflecting and figure out where it comes from. Where does this catharsis come from? Like this, in, this you're enthralled at the opportunity to just go in on somebody. Where does that come from? To quote the late great philosopher Michael Jackson, <laughs> it starts with the man the woman, the gender non-conforming, however you identify, it starts with that person in the mirror. Work on yourselves. You know, do some homework. Figure out why it is that y'all can't even stay on topic when you want to raise these issues. Because it only makes it harder for us to even have these discussions. Because as I said before, with the Adele situation, and even with this situation, there's opportunity for people to learn. I learned from the conversation with Adele and her weight and how perhaps we should, we should think and we should ask questions before we rush to automatically celebrate someone's weight loss because we don't know if that's a goal of theirs or not. I learned from that. I did. I thought that was a great, insightful point. But unfortunately, so many people will miss out on the opportunity to learn and to debate because 
it's like for every conversation that actually goes somewhere where people are actually educated there's 10 conversations where it just becomes like just a a a drag fest you know a whole wwe smackdown a verbal roasting session as opposed to just sticking to the subject so again people were dismissive of the adult conversation even though it was a great conversation and likewise people are going to be dismissive of the tara conversation even though it had the potential to be a great conversation because so often so many of you who are not self-reflecting who are not good people who are not kind people who are not interested in educating people and putting out information that can better people people have like kind of risen their guard and they're automatically dismissive of any of these conversations on social media so it's only gotten harder to educate people so i just want people to think about that before they just go right into the same tactics like actually think about what you're saying and the effect that it has on people who really do want to educate and make a difference in how we treat others so i think that that concludes not only my rant but my first episode of the as i daydream podcast thank you guys for tuning in i am thinking that i want this to be maybe two or three times a week i'm still figuring everything out and i apologize if the sound quality isn't that great my microphones are on the way and hopefully that'll improve everything but um thank you everyone for tuning in stay safe stay indoors unless you have to work if you're an essential worker thank you so much for what you guys do uh we can't thank you enough and please stay safe uh all right so enjoy everyone have a good day goodbye